Hi there and welcome to Tailfire's Influence Lab. We've uploaded all the audio recordings of our courses here, but for the full experience, please head to learn.tailfire.com. Thanks and enjoy. This is part three of the How to Become a Category Leader video series brought to you by Tailorfy's Influence Hub. Um, I'm joined again by Luca, who is going to be taking us through the next stage, which is the scaling phase. Um, if you haven't seen the first two videos, do go back, check them out. They're really good and they are a good introduction to then lead you on to this video. Um, so in the last video, we found out about how you've built the foundations of the program, but how do you then get that snowball rolling and scale from there? Yeah, of course. Um, and I think that's, that's a very interesting question because um, from my experience and what I've seen in the industry, it seems like uh, this is something that a lot of brands and clients are struggling with because they're trying to, you know, they're starting to invest in influencer marketing. They're realizing that it is a channel that is driving success for a lot of brands, but they're really struggling to see how it can work for them. And they might, you know, run a campaign here and there and see some results, but then these results are usually not good enough for them to feel comfortable and say, okay, now I can put more money into this channel because I'm seeing great results, which means I can then scale this channel overall. Uh, and a lot of brands and a lot of clients that come to us usually come with this problem, as in we've tried it, but we don't know how to scale it. Uh, how would you do it? So coming back to how we have engineered our programs, we basically have identified three different ways that you can scale your program, which is doing more of the same, but better, which is exploring new territories. And by territories, I'll explain, but I mean a lot of different things. Uh, and then it's actually integrating the influences to your overall marketing mix. So it's in a simple way, three things that you can do. So if I go a bit deep into each of them, the first one is doing more of the same, but better. And by that, I mean, just scaling the activations that you're doing for, you know, your current market, your current segment or your current product that you want to push as a brand. Uh, and thinking back to the snowball, it's basically thinking about how can we make this channel something predictable and scalable. And that is through the power of obviously compounding values and making sure that Snowball keeps rolling. If you collect the right data systematically after every cycle of campaign and run those optimization cycles in between and not just roll out with the campaign and then start again, but actually roll out and don't consider the end of the campaign to be the end, but to be a kind of an optimization step where you learn, put that into the database and then deploy that AI technology again, you'll become more and more accurate at every step of the way, which means it becomes more and more predictable, which means your success rate will just go up and up and up, which means you can then drive exponential growth over time. And you would do that for your current markets uh, and your current segments. But if a brand wants to tap into like a new audience or they've got a new product, do they still have to start from scratch? No, and that's that's what I find so interesting. If you adopt this, you know, scientific systematic approach and you collect the right data and you actually start building those global databases, uh, as I just talked about, then no, you don't have to start from scratch. But the key thing is obviously being systematic in identifying what is the ideal next step for your program to scale to. And that could be many different things. And again, just looking at uh, how you would bucket these, obviously one being a new objective. So you might have run awareness campaign mostly with influencers because maybe you thought that was what they were best for. 
but you can actually also you know get performance you can get engagement you can get a lot of different things so you could want to scale to that which means activating them with different strategy but you can also scale to a new audience or a new product segment. So let's say either you have a portfolio of products and you're only using influencers for one, you might want to start using it, using them for another one. Um, or, you know, you might want to tap into a new audience. Let's say you've only tapped into Gen Z. Now you might want to, you know, try maybe older families or something like this, which could be a different way to scale. And the last thing is obviously scaling to a new market. So you might have done all of that, but only in the UK. You might want to tap into the US, you might want to tap into Germany, you might want to tap into many other different markets. Uh, and what is interesting is that you don't need to start from scratch again. And that's what I keep telling our clients is if you have all the data in one place, you actually start, you know, learning that uh, if you're systematic in using this data, you can actually take it from a segment to another, to a market to another, which means you're always a bit ahead of the curve. And if it took you maybe, I don't know, six months or 12 months to reach a certain level of results in the market, the likelihood of it being uh, shorter in another market is actually uh, a lot higher. So that means it will take you less time basically to uh, reach the same level of success in a new segment or market. But are specific learnings and patterns um, unique to each country? Can you really just take, you know, learnings from, say, for example, England over to Germany? Well, that's also an interesting question that we talk about this a lot with our clients, because obviously there are a lot of differences, like it's, it's different markets. So obviously cultural differences are a big thing. And then for an objective, you obviously need a different strategy, which means can you actually take learnings into one, uh, from one to the other? And the short answer is, yes, they're different, uh, but you can take those learnings because if you think about it, some of these data points and some of the learnings will be specific to a market, but some will be brand specific. So if you think back to the brand values profile, which I've defined, uh, I think in a couple of videos back, you basically have that brand value profile, which will be the same across all the markets. So your brand will stand for those things. Then it's about just how you articulate that to be relevant to that market. But you know that if an influencer talks about your brand a certain way, then it should resonate with that specific audience segment. So there are always some learnings that you can take. That is for sure. I think one of the things we've also always heard about is integrated influencer marketing and using influencers at the core of a strategy as of a business. Is this also a way to like, scale yeah of course and actually that is that is a, a very interesting one as well because if you remember the chats we've had uh, a couple of videos back as well about shifting your mindset from amplification to validation that's when it actually becomes uh, even more strong uh, when you do it this way so there's a couple of things that you can do uh, and we hear a lot about how you know influence marketing should be integrated obviously everyone talks about it now so this shouldn't be anything new. Uh, but again, if you look at being a bit systematic in how you approach this, there's basically two ways that you can do it, which is the first one is um, paid amplification, which is something that, uh, you know, allows you to get the same message, but with a bigger reach. So you can basically reach the audience that you're reaching with your brand message, with the influencer message and make sure they get both. And if you think about it with the validation thing, which I mentioned at the beginning, that is where you realize that full value because you can make sure that audience segment has seen the influencer post saying, you know, Nike has the best running shoes. And then they get the Nike message saying, I have the best running shoe, which means they will trust it more. And you kind of prime them to receiving that ad. So incorporating influencers as part of your paid social strategy is actually a very, very clever thing and clever way to leverage the power of that validation. Then what you can also do is obviously... It's no secret, uh, influencers are amazing content creators and you can really leverage those assets that they create for your campaign. 
So we will always have, you know, influence that will stick out of a campaign and have this, you know, amazing, highly produced piece of content that will basically look like there was a full team producing like a TV commercial or something. Uh, and it's actually sometimes just, you know, a very passionate uh, dude with a camera and they just create this amazing piece of content. So again, rolling out maybe content only campaigns with those performers, those top performers, or maybe just buying the rights to those content assets and using them as part of, you know, a lot of different things such as your website, or you can use them, you know, some brands are even putting them on billboards or in TV commercial. If you look at Gymshark, for example, uh, and I think that is a very clever way to really scale your activation to, you know, making sure they become part and central to your brand. Yeah, I can think of a fantastic example by Awkward Film Guy who did a fantastic video for our Monster Espresso video, which uh, we can pop in here for people to take a look at and just see how incredible content creators can be when, when they're let loose with a brief. Thanks so much that, Luca. That was our third video of the How to Become a Category Leader video series. Um, we are now moving on to the Prosper phase. So when you get a chance, please do check out the next video to cap off all three steps of how to become a category leader through influencer marketing programs. Well, stay flat. And at the end of the day, make sure that as we do at Telify, you approach everything with a cold head and a warm heart because influencers are people. So don't think of them as just a pure activity Thanks so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed that episode. Please do share and give us a like and head to learn.tailify.com for more content.